from our respective apartments. It's just meaningful plastic. Here are your hosts and judges, Katie Clay and Narver, and Chris Darkham Goodman. Welcome to Just Meaningful Plastic. It's a Dancing with the Stars retrospective podcast. And we got a lot today. We have not one, not three. How many episodes, Katie? We have two episodes that we are going to talk about today. That's so many episodes. It's not a record for us, but it is so many episodes. It is so many hours and we're going to do it. It's so many people. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. And there are so many cliffhangers to discuss. So many moments of shock and awe to shocking eliminations and one shockingly ill-equipped ballroom-shoed man to discuss. Well, Chris, why don't we go ahead and start it off with talking about our season two, episode two, Eliminated Couple. Let's talk about Tatum O'Neill and Nick. Were you shocked that they were the couple to fall? The only reason I'm shocked about any of the couples who fall is because they're not Master P. But (laughs) I wasn't necessarily shocked that it was her because I'm going to be honest, I, it was uncomfortable watching their package. What made it uncomfortable for you? When she said, I understand watching us, you think we hate each other, but it's key to our success. And I was like, no, it's not key to your success because it just makes me think you two don't enjoy being around each other. The whole point of what makes Dancing with the Stars so much fun is watching those pairings and watching the couples really form a bond and a partnership. And if your bond and your partnership is based upon it appearing as though the two of you don't like each other, that doesn't entice me to want to see you excel. Yeah, I think there's a key difference between how Tatum and Nick come across and say how Drew and Cheryl come across. Exactly. Because Drew and Cheryl have a same sort of, we've said before, they're vaguely snipey, vaguely argumentative at each other at times but it seems to be coming from a place of love and affection. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily see the same love and affection in the package for Tatum. It's not not there. It just feels, you're right, it feels a little bit off. I um, honestly think she is a better embodiment of what my memory of Kelly Monaco is. Because she's lackluster, she is not very good, and just very, she's not not good, but she just, she her dances were fine, I felt very meh about both of them, and then she just has that hard, hardened face, where you're not necessarily getting that big bubbly personality out of her. That's it, that's exactly it. She's not not good she's just fine Mm -hmm. and i think that's enough of a death knell here truly from their rumba that they did i just wrote like i have nothing she looked shaky 
um, going into the one leg, one leg hang, she looked incredibly shaky and the judges said that she had no strength in her legs and I agreed with them. Um, I think it's unfortunate based on her first dance that this is the dance she goes out on, but I must find a loser. I just thought it was notable. I knew watching it that Tatum is the one to go home and the judges just seemed certain that she was going to be back. Mm -hmm. But I think the judges were probably like you. I think they had one person in mind that they knew should go home. But he doesn't, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Do you have any other words in eulogy for our fallen Tatum O'Neill, our fallen Oscar winner? I think we've eulogized her well enough, you know? We've, we've said all that there is to be said about her stint on Dancing with the Stars. I, it was fine. Will you remember it in like half an hour? Probably not. <laughs> R.I.P. in peace, Tatum O'Neill. Moving along in that case, Lisa and Louie are our next couple up. Lisa led off week two uh, with a rumba to Your Song by Elton John, and what a rumba it was. Did you enjoy the rumba? I'm gonna say something I can't believe I'm saying. I actually liked it. I found it, dare I say, sensual. You want to talk about shock and awe? I am in shock and awe right now. I, I liked that rumba a lot. I liked it a heck of a lot. Like, Sure, sometimes it was a little bit fast. Her mm. spins, which they talked about, verged on nearly out of control a couple times. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was maybe a little bit sexy. I wow. thought it was seductive. I can't believe I'm saying any of this either. No, I've never heard you compliment a rumba, I don't think, ever in our time together. And I, I do want to say, I didn't dislike the dance but for me what I wrote is it was a good dance but it's a rumba and so I I am just reveling in hearing you talk about the sexy and sensual rumba yeah I it worked for me I didn't need the pole dancing package the less said about the better mm -hmm. but it was a dance that really just clicked for me. I really liked her in this. I thought she was underscored at a 20. I I did as well. And I almost wonder, and I it, just because of how much you are you enjoyed this dance, I wonder if she would have gone later in the night um and maybe had a chance to kind of calm some of those nerves if it wouldn't have scored better. I I think it probably would have. Mm -hmm. It was the second lowest rumba out of the five that were mm -hmm. performed. I think that's probably accurate, but it still felt underscored at 20. I have thoughts on a particular rumba, so I will put a, a pin in that. Ooh, can't wait to take that pin out. 
Lisa and Louie also performed a jive in week three. This one scored much better for them, and she looked unrecognizable in that hairstyle. What was the hairstyle? Why am I not remembering this? It just, I don't know, it felt like 80s almost to me. Yeah, it was was a little bit bigger and poofier, wasn't Mm -hmm. it? Yes, it was the poof that just made it feel very different, because I Mm -hmm. think of Lisa Rinna as like quaffed. Yes. And poofy was just different. Um, how did you, I loved her jive. I loved her jive. I think it was a jive a little bit more, um, reminiscent of the later seasons. Um, but I really enjoyed it. It was fast. She was kicking. She was flicking. And I loved her jive. It was fun. Mm-hmm. I agree. The kicks and flicks were there. She was very in control in a way that her rumba wasn't always. And that left me impressed. I was nervous it would be just as out of control as the rumba was verging on. And it was not. It was a fun dance. That's why I almost wonder, I would be curious to know, was she the first dance of the first night? I don't believe she was. No. She was the second dance of the first night. And then she was the first dance of week two. Mm-hmm. And then in week three, she's finally much later in the night and she crushed it. And so I almost wonder if maybe she fell victim of nerves and performing early in the first two weeks. And maybe mm-hmm. this is the Lisa that um, was there all along. Yeah. I felt in week two, she is very high energy, like very up. Mm-hmm. And I think some of that maybe might have been a little bit of a put on because the show is starting. You feel like, okay, I have to come swinging out of the gate. Mm-hmm. But there's also that pressure of the show is started. So it's the nervous jittery energy on top of that. So getting to be mid to late show I think she was really letting loose and having a little bit more actual natural fun. And she seemed excited by how thrilled the judges were with this. She was, she was quirky. She was having fun. And this was a good week. Episode three was good for them. Um, She cried during her package and Louie said, you know, that he was so um, happy that he got to be there for her. And, and you can tell that they really like each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, of course, she gets done dancing. She's back talking to Samantha. Samantha's, you know, saying, how did that feel for you? You know, what what changed? And she was like, well, I've got my girls with me. And she's kind of motioning to her breasts a little bit. But then she pulls out a picture of her children. (laughs) And it was so lisa i loved that so much and within seconds she also said oh by the way we put our dog down this week (laughs) (laughs) it was the most unhinged backstage interview and i was living for it yeah it was perfect you said she was motioning at her chest area a little bit no that is all she was doing she's like my girls i have my girls here with me and she's just like motioning but it's because the picture was the picture was in her chest area that's where she pulled it out from yes but if she's gonna say that like have the picture out don't be like oh my girls are with me and then she's like 
oh, oops. And like, she's recognizing what she's saying, but she like does it for so long before she pulls out the picture. It was glorious. I loved every second of it. Mm -hmm. Unhinged in the best way. Episode three got a little unhinged and I was very here for it. A real strange one to be had all around. Yes. Next up, we have Drew and Cheryl. Drew Lachey, Cheryl Burke. Match made in heaven. Katie, do I love him? Oh no. I think I think the question you should be asking is, do I love him? I mean... I don't want you to love him more than me, because he is mine. I will protect that little small boy. (laughs) He is not my favorite. He doesn't have to be your favorite. Do you actively dislike him? No, 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 no. Okay. No. Then see, we are okay. (laughs) As long as you support my love, that's all we need. Okay, then we are fine. We are good to go. Um, I loved in episode two, he starts off his package and he's talking about how, you know, he worries that maybe that they were, you know, good and he doesn't want to slip into the depths of dancer purgatory. And I was like, I love how serious he is taking this. This is Dancing with the Stars. And he is like, oh no, I'm going to slip into purgatory. I just, I, I really enjoyed that. Um. His dance was good. Um, He danced a quick step and I thought his upper portion was impeccable. He did not move but half an inch when his shoulders went up the tiniest little bit. But like he Mm -hmm. was so good in his dance. He was so good. Mm -hmm. The speed to me sometimes meant that he lost a little bit of control of his feet little bit of his legs but i agree that upper half that tiny tiny small he is so small compared to everybody else like it's so funny i know that's what i was kind of thinking too is i was like god he is not a a large man like when they pan across the stars at the start of the show and it's just like here are all these tall people and there's little drew (laughs) lachette But, like, during that quick step. Put him in between Stacey Keebler and Jerry Rice, you cowards. (laughs) (laughs) One of these things is not like the other. (laughs) No, during during their quick step, you're right. His tiny little upper half, like, did not move. No. He is, he is just impressive. And he got a 27 on this dance. Still felt maybe underscored but it was mind-boggling to see nines in week two of Mm -hmm. this show it was oh if your mind was boggled just wait till like half an hour that's very generous of me wait an hour from now when we are discussing another person and we'll have to talk about tens So Drew and Cheryl did phenomenal work in episode two. Then we go to episode three. He talks about being punched in the gut by a certain other contestant scoring tens. 
he came in second for the week and he's like, oh boy, punched in the gut. He's like, I have to work harder. Cheryl knows when to back off. I don't know when to back off. And that was a little bit when I was like, okay. It's not disdain. It's not that I dislike him, but I was just like, I appreciate that he's taking this seriously, but it's it's a little it's almost borderline too serious for me. I think it works only because he is really fun and a little bit goofy in the live shows. Yes. And in actual rehearsal footage, he is also a little bit goofier. Mm-hmm. Then when he does those talking head confessionals for the package, it is the most serious thing in the world. And I think because you have the other parts balancing it out, I'm not annoyed by it. Yeah, it works. Um, I love him and Cheryl's partnership. They start talking about how they feel like they're brother and sister. Um, they have fun little clips of them. Like he's pointing at something and Cheryl's like, can you get your finger out of my face? And like, it's just, it's just you like seeing the banter of them going back and forth. Next thing you know, he's just going to be like, I'm not touching you, Cheryl. I'm not touching you. <laughs> he dances a jive in week three. And it absolutely blew my socks off. He was so good. And what worries me about him 14 years later is that he is setting this gold standard that I I just am like, you are so good. Is there going to be a dance that you don't kill it? I, I just know her choreography for him is impeccable. I'm not going to say the choreography on season one isn't good, because it is very good. There's just something that feels so different to me about the choreography from everybody this year, but especially Cheryl, who wasn't in season one. It just feels radically different. I think it's kind of a combination, perhaps, because in season one, we were dressed so elegantly and we were dressed what felt like for a true ballroom competition. And while there was still some fringe and there was you know, still some glitz and glamor, it wasn't quite as turned up. So I think it's kind of like a mix of the choreography is, is different this season, but then you also have costumes that are kind of going with it. and and songs that are I don't know a little more upbeat a little hipper it just it doesn't have quite that same elegance to it as the first season did that's an interesting theory I'll have to I'll have to continue pondering what you said I just wonder it almost feels like there's a higher level of execution this season as well and maybe that's because these celebrities knew what they were getting into that they had something to look back on and say okay that's what this is going to be that's what this is going to look like Mm -hmm. so for the most part the execution from almost everyone is higher agreed so i can't wait to keep watching drew and cheryl i just i love them And they look so mid-2000s, like Cheryl's hairstyle, 
how spray tanned she is. Drew wears a page boy hat in their jive. It's mm-hmm. just so 2006. <laughs> oh, so 2006. Before we move on from them, I'm sorry that I keep thinking of more things that I just want to rave about them. And this one isn't a rave. This is a question. The judges give a warning after this jive that there are no lifts allowed in the competition. Are there not usually lifts in a jive? I thought I remember- There are usually lifts in- Yeah, I thought there were. So the judges saying, you can't do lifts, please make sure not to do lifts going forward. I thought you could in a jive. No, because I think what they said, and they actually, the first time that they say it is in Giselle and Jonathan's right. tango, and she, Carrie Ann explicitly said, or I think it, it is, it is Carrie Ann. It's either Carrie Ann or it's Len, um, but Car- one of them says, Carrie Ann says the lifts the first time and Len says it to Drew and Cheryl after okay. the drive. When Carrie Ann says it, she says, like, in our ballroom competition, okay. there are no lifts. So I think in a, in a standard, yes, you can do lifts and jive. But I think that for the show at that time, they were trying to do, stay away from lifts. Okay. So do we think then that the producers changed the rules going forward for some dances could have lifts? Absolutely. So... Did nobody tell Lyft Police Carrie Ann that rule change? Nope, just Bruno and Len. Just okay. Bruno and Len. Well, that explains so much. <laughs> we have just unearthed <laughs> something 15 years in the making. This is why Carrie Ann is the way she is. <laughs> so now we move on to Tia and Max. Can you correctly pronounce Tia's last name for us? Tia Carrero and Max. (laughs) I was legitimately asking you to say it because I have doubted myself every week and you just come out absolutely wrong. (laughs) It's just Tia Carrero and I wrote that down. But I was like, Katie will know it because Katie has been like, Chris, you're dumb for like two weeks. Tia Carrero and her partner, Maxim Shermakovsky. There is no O at the end. (laughs) Tia Carrero, full stop. Tia Carrero and Max. (laughs) They perform a rumba. And I don't know how far to go with this. I did not like that dance whatsoever. I don't want to use the word hate, but I borderline hated that dance. What I wrote was... (laughs) Whatever it was, I didn't care much. It's... I... It wasn't good. 
And then it goes on to get a 22. And it was so vastly overscored. She didn't dance it well. It wasn't that great of a dance. And you could tell when she went over to the judges that she knew she should not score well. And then they give her a 22. And she literally says in the green room with Lisa or with um, Samantha, she says, they're just being nice. They like, she doesn't say overscored, but she essentially says they overscored me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't really care much for that either. It was like a breakup rumba. I I am not sure what it was, but I agree. She left it feeling like she didn't do all that well. And I disagreed with the score hardcore hardcore she got a 22 and i have no idea how it scored that high no i would honest to god have maybe given it a five that would be fair i thought she was charismatic i really enjoy her and i thought she was good to watch during the rumba but as a dance i did not like it I don't even know that I necessarily enjoy her that much. She leaves me feeling meh. I literally wrote in week three, I'm just meh about her personality. In week three? Yes. Ooh, we're going to have words. Before we move to that week three, I just... I like that her immediate reaction she didn't even hide that she was like, I don't think I should have scored that highly. I liked that she was being very authentic, I think. Mm -hmm. And for what it's worth, we do have to note that Carrie Ann put up the wrong score. So that was fun. Yes. Carrie Ann wanted to like it more than she did. apparently. (laughs) But let's talk about that week three then. How are you feeling meh on Tia Carrere? I have like literally no thoughts about her. I don't care. I don't, it's not like I dislike her. I forget she exists. I am just not her biggest fan. I like would have been fine losing her. I think she, she reminds me almost of Kelly Monaco, but I like her more quicker. Than Kelly? You yes. like her more than Kelly? I at least, I like her more at this point of the season than I did Kelly. But you know, I kept saying, I see why people would like Kelly this Yeah, time. yeah. I don't. Tia, I'm on board with already. I'm... And- and maybe Kelly thawed me to be prepared to like this sort of personality. But it's like I said, she just feels authentic. She is just a delight in the interviews because she's just very natural. She's just very stars. They're just like us. She she reads as very, like, flat to me. Like, I just, I get no personality out of her whatsoever. No, she she reads as average person, 
to me, but with some sort of charisma that I can't turn away from. I really liked their tango, too. I thought the dance felt flat. I wrote, it was fine. It was our first Shermakovsky tango, and I was not, like, blown away by it. As a Shermakovsky tango, this was like a soft, light tango. Yes. Which was a different sort of choice. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I liked that, but her execution of the routine she was given, I thought was really great. I thought she danced very well. I loved looking at her legs as they did a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. I just, I was very impressed with her tango. Didn't love the routine itself, but I was impressed by her. She's just not doing it for me. I'm not trying to be like the fan club president of Tia Carrero, but because you are anti-Tia, I think that's just making me be like, all right, let's go. And it's like, I don't even dislike, I just don't have thoughts on her. Like, she just leaves me feeling nothing. So it's like, even if you did want to fight about it, I just have nothing to contribute because like, I am left, she's so lackluster. She lacks anything for me. Tia, if you're listening to this, I'm so sorry. There is nothing lackluster about Tia Carrero. Tia Carrero. The disrespect you are putting on her, not her name. Sums up my feelings on her. Mm. Let's move to somebody that hopefully we agree on. Let's move on to George Hamilton with his partner, Edita. Oh, good. You can say somebody's name correctly. I'm so sorry. George Hamilton and his partner, Adita. <laughs> Katie, we fired Lisa Canning. We don't <laughs> have to do that anymore. <laughs> um... He feeds off of the crowd when they are performing, and it was fun to watch him do that. They perform a quick step, and he crushed it. I love him. Yes! He's what, the like third person in a row that I've said I love? Fourth? Seventh? Who knows? I loved him. He was... I feel like he was charming. He was disarming. Who am I, Chris? Next, talk about his cheeky humor. Let's talk about him really getting out people to vote for him. I loved him. I, I thought the dance was wonderful. It was much better than I expected it to be. Um, I love they did a move where they kind like one foot kept going behind the other leg and tapping and like it was gorgeous it was a gorgeous dance it was dare I say underscored I don't necessarily know if it was underscored but it was a great routine Mm -hmm. as a quick step I thought it was a great foxtrot. I I loved the routine and I loved him in it. 
I just don't know how much of a quick step it was. And Len, I believe it was Len, kind of points that out, that he wishes there had been more quick step in it. But it, it, that's the problem. I wanted to score it on how much I enjoyed it and how much I enjoyed him if I were a judge. But if I just have to judge on the quick step aspects, there weren't a lot of them. They had that soft shoe bit in the middle, which was great, but that's not a quick step. Very like glidey, slidey, foxtrotty moves yeah. throughout. They were great. It's not a quick step. Yeah, you're not wrong. But I, I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. He just has such an old school classy flair that you can't not root for him. Exactly. I kind of started to question. I was like, am I just always a fan of just like the older gentleman going out there and giving it the old college try? Do I always just jump on their bandwagon? But like, it's exactly that. He's just got a charisma that you, you are drawn to. Oh, you always jump on the bandwagon of the older gentleman who's just like classy and charismatic. You jump on those bandwagons, Katie? Please remind me. So in week three, they <laughs> performed. This is a feud that's never gonna die. <laughs> in week three, they perform a tango, which is it was an odd moment for me because in week three, you are either performing a tango or a jive. And the first two male celebrities performed a jive. And then we get to George and he is doing a tango. And so mm-hmm. that really threw me off. But it was, I couldn't stop watching Edita. So I don't know how he did. I was vaguely in the same boat. The editor specifically was killing it in this yes. routine. But I was trying to watch him as well, and I thought he did very well. I thought the whole routine was masterfully choreographed. I think this is probably the best dance editor has done on the show to this point. I would agree. And I thought he did very well at what he was given. There was just so much joy in that routine. Like she she was gliding along the floor. She had that portion where he was like sweeping her along the floor as she was doing an almost splits. It was so cool. Was this the dance where he had the hat? Yes. He started off with a little, I don't know if it was a cigarette or what, but something that imitated a cigarette. And then he threw the hat at the camera. Mm-hmm. And then did the, like, picked up the hat with his foot and caught it yes. after the dance was done. Which I loved that that almost got a bigger cheer than the dance itself. <laughs> no, I I thought he was great. And he was so good all throughout episode three. Yes. And week two. Um, he got a 22 for the tango. He got a 22 for the quick step. I just really like George Hamilton. I do too. I do too. It's just stars like George aren't on the show anymore. They don't bring on people like him. 
but I also don't know if stars like him exist anymore. I think they're very far, um, far and few in between. And so I think it would be difficult to get stars like him because I just, yeah, I don't know how many of them are left out there. But even if we think about older stars, as the history of the show goes on, the there aren't necessarily a lot of older people invited onto the show and the older people almost inevitably go week one, week two. Mm-hmm. So there's just something really delightful about George who makes it at least into week four. Mm-hmm. Can we touch on one maybe uncomfortable thing about George Hamilton? Yes, because I would, I am, was waiting for the time to bring that up. Then you say it because I would not like to. He was always near or next to or touching. Is this what you were? This is not what I thought was uncomfortable. Oh. So you say you say yours and I'll say what made me uncomfortable. He was always around Stacy. I never understood why. Every time that they showed Stacy, he was right there next to her. I kept and like he was whispering in her ear. He was, you know, arm around Stacy, arm around Edita. It was odd to me. And I'm like, okay, stop, don't, don't, don't go down that path. They're just pals, they're just hanging out. But it was weird. That's uncomfortable thing number one. Uncomfortable thing number two. This is not the first time that he has made jokes about Master P and the Hood. And it just felt vaguely casually racist every time. Mm -hmm. And I know that Master P is talking about that. But then for George to be talking about like, my people from the hood or like just the things he's saying i'm like i don't know if this is okay and i feel vaguely weird about it yeah but somehow it segged into the most brilliant thing in week three when he starts speaking in spanish (laughs) because he is he is part hispanic of some ethnicity um and so he starts speaking in spanish to court a new group of viewers that aren't just the elderly and so samantha is like i don't understand this do we have a translator and giselle pops in (laughs) giselle pops in and says oh i can translate he's saying please vote for giselle and jonathan and it is so funny because George keeps speaking in Spanish behind, like, the mic isn't even on him anymore, and he's just speaking in Spanish the whole time. And Giselle pops in, then Samantha is like, okay, I gotta rein this in. And it's just pure chaos. It was the moment that made losing her difficult. It was the moment that I absolutely fell in love with Giselle, because it was so, it was so not in her character that we knew up to that point, and I loved, I loved it. Mm-hmm. we gotta put that pin in Giselle though yep so hopefully George makes us less uncomfortable and just lets us love him moving forward only time in 2006 will tell next up 
on our batting order is football player Jerry Rice and the Trey Boone. Uh, in week two, they performed a quick step. And I think Jerry probably plays very well in the ballroom. I think his routines are very crowd-pleasing. Tom and the audience always seem very into it. The judges tend to score him pretty well. I didn't particularly like either of his dances in weeks two or three. You are right about one of the dances. You are wrong about, you're wrong about his quick step. I loved his quick step. I, I loved the routine. I think his execution lacked at times, but overall I loved it. And I feel like I really got on the Jerry train in episode two. I liked his personality. I think he is charming. I think he is happy to be there. I like him and Anna. I enjoyed it. I loved the crowd cheering his name afterwards. Like you can tell people really, really enjoy him. What is hard is that when you see him after you see Drew, because I like personally, I would put Jerry as like number two spot out of males. And he, I don't think he will ever catch up to Drew. I think that's probably a given just because Drew is starting from such a point that clearly this is very natural to him. Mm -hmm. I concur that Jerry and Anna's partnership is delightful and Jerry's personality is shining. He is great fun. It's obviously why he's going to be the dance center guy with Kenny Mayne because he just has that sparkle about him. I just felt like this dance was a lot of effort. It felt like a lot of work. And I thought on TV, it was easier to see some issues, some problematic spots that things didn't quite go well, or that you could see some footwork mistakes. But I'm sure in the ballroom, it played like gangbusters. Mm -hmm. I, I get why it's crowd pleasing for me. I just see the the dance issues and can't get over them. Mm-hmm. But I, I like him. But I'm not going to rave about him, maybe in part because we have so many, oh, here's this football player, and they're so much fun. They're just like a joy. That This is, Jerry is the first of a long train of NFL players like that. But you have to give him his due for being the first. We have yes. not had an NFL player yet. And he he lays the foundation for what works on Dancing with mm-hmm. the Stars. Because yes, there have been so many NFL players, but not all of them have had the charm and the charisma of Jerry Rice. And not all of them have worked well. Yes, but you can also look at the history of winners on the show or finalists on the show. 
and you can pick out so many football players who, oh my gosh, they are working so hard and they're having so much fun and they're just funny and delightful and let's give them credit. So you're right. Jerry is the first. Jerry is great for that. But as somebody watching in 2020, I think I'm allowed to be a little bit not over it because I'm not over it, but just like, a, okay, cool, great, thank you. It doesn't feel, it does not feel as novel anymore. Yes. Yes. I can see, I can absolutely see that. Um, his week three jive was not his best dance. He is the one that kicks off the night and I, um, it left me wanting more. It was fun and he was enjoying it, but it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted out of him. You thought it was fun. I think the routine was fun. I thought it was... I agreed with the judges. It was so slow. But slow doesn't mean that it can't be fun. A slow jive does not a fun jive make. For one head judge, Chris Stockham Goodman, maybe not. Well, from one head judge, Len Goodman, it was geriatric. I think that was a bit much. I don't think it was geriatric. It was I... slow. It was slow. But it wasn't like it was a bad jive. But it wasn't like a great jive. There is no part of me that disagreed with the geriatric comment. Full-throated agreement. I don't like that you are being so mean to Jerry Rice, and I think that you should write him a formal apology. I'm sorry that I have only talked about my love of five of this <laughs> cast. Let me count. Drew, George, Lisa, Tia. Okay, I've only mentioned four so far, but there will be a fifth coming up. Anyway. <laughs> I can't wait for the day that Jerry Rice wins you over. That's all I'm saying. And you know what? Maybe he will. You know I love him from Dance Center. Mm-hmm. But as a contestant, I enjoy him in the packages. I really enjoy the Trey Boone. But as a contestant, when he's dancing, I'm like, I'm sure this is a lot of fun in the ballroom. This is another one where I don't, I don't hate it as much as I'm coming across, but because you really like him, I'm just ready to be like, all right, I'm writing him off forever. <laughs> Down with Jerry. Will there ever be a time where we can just allow the other person to like someone in peace? <laughs> Probably not. I'm going to find what you love and destroy it. <laughs> if you destroy this next contestant, you will be dead to me. I love her. I love her so much. I love her so much. We are talking about Stacey Keebler and her partner, Tony Devalani. And if she is not in the finale, I riot you thought i liked rachel hunter you thought i wanted justice for rachel hunter i love <laughs> stacy keebler 
Yeah, she's she's pretty good. <laughs> so Stacy and her legs performed a rumba in week two. Uh, they were dancing to I'm Like a Bird. And my goodness. If you thought I loved Lisa's rumba, Katie, it's your turn to say only positive adjectives about a rumba. I loved it. It was so good. Her technique was impeccable. She was seductive. She was kind of sultry. Like, it was so good. And I don't like rumbas. And I wanted to watch it like three times over and over again. It was so gorgeous. Curious you found it seductive. I didn't necessarily see the sultriness as much in this dance as I did in Lisa's. Mm -hmm. But I thought from a technical perspective, the way she was dancing was so impressive. I wouldn't go as far as Tony did because I think Tony said he wanted it to be like a dance where you're like, oh, should I even be watching this? And it wasn't that, it wasn't that sexy. It was not even close to that. No, but it was good. This was seductive on the level of Trista's rumba in season one, which is to say it was, it was not. not. <laughs> um, but she danced so well. Mm-hmm. She sees two tens from this dance. A nine from Carrie Ann, tens from the boys. Overscored. I'm going to put that out there. It was overscored. Nines would have been appropriate to me. I think because I don't particularly love rumbas that I don't pay as much attention to the technique and things like that. And so because the judges were ranting and raving about how good her technique was, I can't, tens feel overscored, but from the way that the judges spoke about it, I can't confidently say that it was overscored, but I can, mm -hmm. I can agree with your sentiment. Oh, the way the judges spoke of it I understand how they gave it tens. Mm -hmm. But to me, the fact that it lacked a certain level of seductiveness, even if I don't want that in a rumba and I don't care about a rumba, I didn't have it. So I was like, how are you getting tens from this? Mm -hmm. But she was so light and funny and enjoyable in the package. She was great in the live show mm -hmm. interviews after getting her scores. She really broke out in mm -hmm. this episode. Absolutely. And then in week three, I absolutely felt like she delivered once again. I loved her tango. At the beginning, truly, before the dance has even started, before the music has even started, they do a close-up of her face. And like, I gasped because I felt like she was feeling it. She was so in character. Like I almost got goosebumps just from the, the picture of her face. 
the judges definitely disagreed with you then. I know. I could not. I could not understand what they were trying to say. I was like, are you seeing the same thing I'm seeing? They were like, she looks like a dead fish. You just plastered a face on for 90% of your dance. And I was like, you guys are idiots. They were so wrong. They were way harsh and then gave each gave her a nine. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was confused by, that the way they were coming across made it seem like it was going to get eights. Yeah. Maybe sevens. And then they each throw out a nine. Which I did not expect. Um, no, but it deserved. It was worthy of nines. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, is, it was. Here is my criticism of the dance. Perhaps this would have been more Argentine in style, which Tia and Max got criticized for. Mm-hmm. But I wanted more, this is not going to shock you, I wanted more from Stacy's legs. I wished there had been more, like, leg movements in this tango. I, I wish we had gotten to see her do more of that. Mm-hmm. Because when you have those to work with, you need to play to your strengths. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Is me asking for, like, basically only leg movements in all of their dances going to get old eventually sure you can't do that every week but especially in a tango and you're not just using those legs and doing like all right i'm gonna do a small little kick here or we're gonna do like think of i think it was john in season one that he and charlotta did the tandem like they kicked out together and things even do some of that in this tango and they didn't and i was like stacy show me your legs girl tony unleash the legs yeah i i agree the bad boy of the ballroom is in trouble with me (laughs) lock him up lock him up so fully on her side if she is not in the finale i will be oh i will not be fun let's move to somebody i hope is in the finale (laughs) who is it chris tell us who it is it's p miller time he survived weeks two and three Can we discuss that? He survived weeks two and three. Yeah. How? He was in the bottom two in week two. But Tatum went home, and so he escaped the bottom two in week three, which makes less sense to me. It almost makes you wonder how the judges in later seasons they get the judges save out of the bottom two and it almost makes you wonder in a season like this if why they didn't implement that sooner which there's pros and cons of that that's a rabbit hole we may not need to go down we might have to put a pin in that but if you're the judges and the producers and you see mr p master p mr p if you're nasty You see Mr. P and Tatum in the final two, in the bottom two. 
and you see Tatum fall, how are you not like, all right, who do I have to call to get the judge's save in here? Losing people in the middle of the show is different than the final results. Yeah. And I think that's part of how the judge's save becomes about. a thing is because there were enough winners, especially one in particular that raised hackles. I, th I think even having the dance off was about as far as they were willing to go in terms of things weren't right this time. Mm -hmm. I don't think they were willing to change so much because the judges save is a big change. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's a bad change, but it's a very big change. Mm -hmm. I also, we, we said it. Master P has a certain level of charm in the packages mm -hmm. that you can understand if people are voting for him. And if you're the producers, you maybe don't hate if Master P keeps going because there's a little bit of controversy. Mm -hmm. And if people are voting for him, which they are, and it seems he's courting a different audience... The Absolutely. Producers want that. Absolutely. So before Master P and Ashley, before they show anything, this is just Tom talking, and he dubs Ashley as a very patient partner to Master P. And I think that kind of set the tone for what we saw in their package. He was so unwilling to wear those stupid shoes. Mm-hmm. God forbid you don't wear your own branded shoes and put on ballroom appropriate shoes that allow you to better do heel leads and are designed for what you're trying to do. God forbid you take off your shoes. What do you, where do you think that comes from? Because it has to be deeper than just, I, I don't know where, I don't know why he is so adamant about it. Well, it's not like the show is like cutting to his shoes to point out he's wearing Master P branded shoes. Everybody go buy Master P shoes. Uh -huh. I, I literally have no idea what it is. But it speaks to the deeper issue that we asked last time. Does he want to be there? And he adamantly answers this time. No, he doesn't. Uh, he, he says in his package that he will give 150%, but he will not wear dancing shoes. So he seems to just immediately contradict his statement. Um, what's 150% of not caring? <laughs> exactly what we saw on the show. <laughs> <laughs> he walked through his routine. What a quick step. What quick steps he made. He finished the routine, but at what cost, you know? <laughs> there, there was so little energy. There was so much walking. She was doing her darndest to cover up him. You just can't. You can't, though. Like, I'm trying to think of, like... You know, she did her darndest, but she definitely didn't. And I don't even think 
Edita could cover him up. But somehow the judges fell for it because the judges are like, P, are you starting to become a dancer? Yeah. And they, gave, was... <laughs> they gave him high-ish high for him scores. Overscored. Overscored. <laughs> like, they clearly fell for her. Because he gets a 16. He gets a 6 from Carrie Ann and a 5 and a 5. For walking and not smiling. It was horrendous. It was not a quick step. I thought Samantha seemed annoyed with him when she was interviewing him. She was so annoyed. So yeah. was a Ashley was annoyed. The moment that she like bumped him and just like, come on, to get him to smile was like, oh boy. It was very tense in that backstage interview. Yes. So if you thought a quick step... <laughs> If you thought he was a dancer and a quick step, oh boy, week three, he has to perform a jive. P&A's jive. Oh boy. I, I love, you can tell how much sway they have over their costumes in these early goings. Mm -hmm. Because every week he is in baggy clothes, mm -hmm. wearing his hat, wearing his own shoes. I, <laughs> dare I say, America voting for him is keeping him hostage in the ballroom. <laughs> Free Master P. Stop <laughs> voting for him. I mean, Len tries to. Len tries to free him. Len tries to part with P. Len literally says, I think it's time you and the show parted. And Len is not wrong. I will say that was a little harsh to me because you can't say that to a contestant. When uh, I think in most cases, you can't say that to a contestant. The problem here is how much apathy toward the show Master P is showing. If he was actually trying, yeah, if he was putting story. in a lot of time, if he was putting in a lot of effort, it would be a different story. Mm -hmm. But in his case, no matter what he says, and no matter what happens in his confessionals, that's clearly not the case. But what are they expecting him to do? To be like, you know what, you're right, I'll, I'll drop out. Like, that's not going to happen. I know, that's... That is the problem with Master P, because we've talked about this with contestants who clearly are trying their best, mm -hmm. and they just aren't good enough, but the people are voting them through. What, are they supposed to quit? No. We can be frustrated about it. We have yelled at each other about these cases before. But it's not the contestant's fault. In the case of Master P, it is hard to say that this is not in some way his fault. He could be better if he tried, if he bought in. Mm -hmm. he, he does not buy in. He doesn't buy in. So the fact that people are voting for him anyway is probably the most frustrating thing that ever happened in the history of the show. Mm -hmm. He's not necessarily the worst dancer, 
I say that only because I'm not looking at a full list of everybody who has competed on the show, and I can't say that with certainty. It's maybe a decent assumption, mm -hmm. but he's not necessarily the worst dancer that ever appeared. But he is the person who least wants to be there, and therefore it is the biggest problem that he is still there, despite not caring in ounce. Mm-hmm. Ashley is a saint yeah. for dealing with this. And in episode three, she is barely hiding the fact that she is working with nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, his, I don't even have, like, I have nothing productive to say about his drive. Mm -hmm. There was horrible timing. There mm -hmm. was no kicks. I, I don't even know if I can for sure say he got through the routine. It was so heavy-footed. He was watching her a lot. Mm -hmm. It just... what It's like you said, what productive things can we say? It scored a 14. For some ungodly reason, Carrie Ann gave it a 6. The other two judges gave it a 4. I would like to point out at this moment that Carrie Ann gave Jerry's jive a seven and Master P's a six. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily a fan of Jerry's jive, but were but they it... one point apart? No, they weren't. No. The fours were probably overscored. Yeah. But good news, we get to talk about him in our next episode. Stay tuned. Yay. Master P, if you're listening, I'm sure you agree with everything. <laughs> Do you think Master P would listen to a podcast about Dancing with the Stars, considering how much he wanted to be on the show? I think Master P will probably be listening to every episode that we put out into the universe. Would that mean that he cared more about a retrospective podcast? <laughs> yeah, it would. Well, if we just talked about someone who did not care, we have to talk about somebody who cared so much and we're already going to have to say goodbye to. Giselle and Jonathan... It's so disappointing that we lost her right as I think we were really starting to see her personality shine through. I feel the exact same way. I mm -hmm. feel the exact same way. She really started to come forward in these two episodes mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't expect after the first one. I wasn't, I wasn't thrilled by her in week one. And she really came forward in these episodes. She was giving it her all. She was so committed. This is something that clearly wasn't in her wheelhouse, mm -hmm. but she was trying so hard. They talked several times about how they were putting in more hours than anybody else. That's how much she cared. And it was enjoyable to watch someone who cared that much mm -hmm. so i forgot that giselle went already i thought she lasted a couple more weeks than she did mm -hmm. so when we got to the end of episode three and i realized she was the one going it made me 
really disappointed for her. Yeah, it's sad because she did in the week two package she was kind of funny you were kind of starting to see her let loose a little bit she was still very elegant and sophisticated um she did a rumba and it was it was fine um i didn't love it i didn't dislike it Mm -hmm. but carrie ann at when she's giving her remarks says that she is a a contender for the title so it's Mm -hmm. like the judges are clearly seeing such good potential in her but i i didn't care for her rumba that much i thought the rumba was fine yeah it was not my favorite rumba of the night in a night that actually made me like rumbas Mm -hmm. i felt the way i usually would about a rumba Mm -hmm. um but then their week three tango was oh i actually have a potentially controversial thought about this tango Mm -hmm. i think they made a very big mistake in the selection of her dress i think the dress completely hid her legs i think it hid her arms I do not think that I think the dress actively worked against her dance. It completely took away from the dance for me. It felt like they were almost trying to hide her behind material. I didn't feel the same way. To me, she really came off like a ballroom dancer, like Mm -hmm. them at a ballroom dance competition. So the dress read maybe less glitzy like you were talking about earlier and more in line with the season one aesthetic more in line with this would be appropriate at an amateur ballroom dance competition but it did not work for a tango i didn't feel the same way okay i really liked their tango it maybe lacked a little bit of sizzle but there was a certain modicum of drama and oh boy that final leap she like launches into him he catches her and she's like sprawled out jaw on the floor yes yes had to rewind that a couple times because it was that good but it was a lift and we can't do those but they did not take off points for that, Correct. they said. Yeah. They will take off weeks going forward. Mm-hmm. And Carrie Ann will take that advice and run with it. Yes. But that leap was stunning. Mm-hmm. These two weeks, she appeared as a contender on my radar. And then, cruelly, her candle was snuffed out. But they they knew it in this episode. They talk about how she doesn't have a large fan base in the way that the actors and singers and football players would. I started to wonder if that was Jonathan's approach because I wrote down, this is exactly what we did with Rachel, where we have to score high and we have to score well because we're not getting votes. But like, why do you think that? I don't understand why they wouldn't. I saw that as coming from Giselle, that she recognizes as a news person 
you don't really develop a fan base. I mean, Katie, do you have a favorite news anchor? Do you follow all the work they do? Will you follow them anywhere? No. Exactly. That's not what a news anchor's job is. And so when you're competing against people who have to have fans, you know you're not getting those. Mm-hmm. So I think in the case of Rachel and Jonathan, they knew. They were in the bottom two. They knew these things. Giselle is never in the bottom two until she goes home. But you have to make that assumption if you're a news person saying, I'm not a celebrity the same way these people are celebrities. Mm-hmm. I mean, even I'm sure amongst the other stars, some of them know I am more popular than some of the others. George Hamilton is actively campaigning because he knows, is he as relevant as everybody else? No. So they understand how it works. They understand yeah. the game. And I yeah. think Giselle is just being realistic, and Jonathan knows the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're not the popular ones. And they were correct. <laughs> Which is a, a real shame. It is. Even if she had had, like, one or two more weeks, I would have been happy with it. It just felt like you were, you were starting to see so much potential out of her, like, dance-wise and personality-wise that it just, it's like you said, it just felt like her flame got snuffed out too quickly. Another crime of Master P. <laughs> but let me ask you, I guess. Giselle and Jonathan are in the bottom two with George and Edita. Who would you rather keep on? That's tough. That is actually tough. Mm -hmm. I think... I, I would save George, but mm -hmm. I think longevity-wise, you maybe save Giselle. Yeah, the, the problem is, I figure if you save Giselle, you're probably only staving off another week for her. Yes. Because George didn't necessarily have the best week score-wise the week before. Mm -hmm. This might be some sort of fluke. Mm -hmm. Giselle did quite well in the scores and is still in the bottom. You gotta think there's there's something there. Yeah. Really, this is like the least ideal bottom two to me. Because out of the eight people remaining, there are really only two, maybe three, that I would have been willing to part with this week. Who would you have been willing to part with? Obviously, Master P. Well, that's a given, yes. And then you're gonna get mad at me. Are you gonna say Jerry? Are you really about to say Jerry? If I look at everybody else on this list... Are you list, kidding me? If I look at everybody else on the list... You get rid of Tia! No! Yes, you do! You give no. her to Tia! I think, I think you give her another... I feel the same way about Tia as a Giselle. You give them more time because they are growing into this. No, she's not! No, she's not! You, you get rid of Tia! I'm willing to give up, Jerry. You're so wrong, and you just don't even know it. It's so frustrating sometimes talking to you. Hopefully it's not frustrating to listen to me. 
if you aren't frustrated listening to me, please make sure that you give us five stars on whatever podcast listening thing you listen to. If you would also subscribe, we love more subscribers. And if you want to send this to people you know, do it. I guess that tease means we're done. <laughs> it was too good a segue. It was a really good segue. That's why I'm like, I don't even know if we could, like, it worked so well. Am I becoming Tom Bergeron? Yeah, I thought you were. Sorry, is this Chris or Tom? Oh. Okay, Samantha, it's time to say goodbye. <laughs> Chris, I hear you when I see you. Katie, I love you and I like you. And as Samantha Harris reminded us, please remember to stay tuned for an all new episode of Crumbs coming up next.